Next on BYU Sports Nation, developing the quarterbacks. BYU set to host Southern Utah. What do you want to see from heralded backup Tanner Mangum? We go two-on-one with the man who left Southern Utah to take a coaching job at BYU, Ed Lamb, on matching up with his former team. Plus, BYU basketball's Lee Kamard on game day. Your 2016 BYU SN vote results and men's volleyball releases the schedule. Sean Olmstead is with us. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Make BYU Sports Nation even greater. We are live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, November 9th, wherever and however you're dialed in, glad you survived Election Day. I am Spencer Linton. Did we? Teamed up with future third-party candidate Jerem Jordan. Yeah, at least you get your name, like Gary Johnson, at least he got his name on some graphics. Evan McMullen in Utah, you know, like... Sweet! They showed my face! There was some recognition. You're not going to win. You won't even... You might not even take a state, but good for you. I'm watching <laughs> NBC Why News. Not? Why not? I'm watching NBC News national coverage from Democracy Plaza last night while they do man on the street interviews. Democracy okay. Plaza, so that, dramatic. That's what it's called. And I see the stretch Y on a royal blue hat being repped on camera. An nice. early rise and shout to Josh Ray at J underscore T underscore Ray, who was repping the Y <laughs> on NBC National. He's repping and telling you why. Outstanding, Josh. He was pointing to it. Like, they kept going back yeah, to it. it was like, he, was, he was that guy. Hans Olsen's <laughs> like, I feel like I'm watching a commercial for a BYU hat. <laughs> for the BYU store. <laughs> Awesome. Secondly, you have voted and your collective voice has been heard. No, we're not talking about that election. It's time to see what changes will be made to BYU Sports Nation based on your votes from Election Day. So let's go to our BYUSN Election Update Center for the final results. Decision 2016. A BYU Sports Nation Update. All right, guys, BYU Sports Nation voted on three propositions yesterday throughout the day. I hope everybody voted and didn't have to wait in line too long to vote. Proposition one, should Spuddy Buddy be deported from his spot on the BYU Sports Nation desk? 61% of BYU Sports Nation says, get him out. Yeah. Wow. See you, Spud. We'll we'll figure out later where we're going to put him. Yeah, where does he go from here? Where does he go? Away. Poor free hashtag buddy. free spuddy buddy? <laughs> no. No. The people have spoken. All right. Proposition number two. Should the BYUSN Constitution be amended to ban, ban countdowns longer than 100 days? 61% of BYU Sports Nation voted in favor yeah. of this. Victory! Yeah. Wait. Don't celebrate too soon. What? According to Article 5 of the United States Constitution... Of the U.S.? Wait, we're we're part of the United States. What does this have? You said BYUSN yesterday. Let me finish. Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution. A constitutional amendment requires 75% a supermajority. So this one's still out there. Is it amended or not? You didn't mention that yesterday. Classic fine print from the government. 297 at LSU, by the way. All right, and proposition okay, number three. In That's what garbage. was the closest vote of the night? 
for BYU Sports Nation. Should the word elite be banned from at Spencer Linton's vocabulary? That vote, guys, 50-50. Yes! Wow, that made a, that made a push there at the end. Your, your late-night tweets about it. <laughs> Someone campaigned you. hard you. last minute. There's something about having Bon Jovi in to do a concert about Thank it. You. I don't know. Thank you, BYU Sports Nation. So it's 50-50, so it didn't pass, but it didn't fail either. Does that mean status quo? Status quo. So status quo? Elite! Uh, that's not elite. <laughs> There's your results, guys. Nice. Oh, thank nice. you, Ben Bagley. Nice. The election update center. Super majority. Super lame. Yeah, that one, uh, huh? How come we didn't know about this yesterday? Oh, now you mention that. Ooh. Oh, it needs 75%. It would have been great to know that yesterday. Whatever. I am very unimpressed with that. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, 297 from LSU. Get out of here. BYU men's basketball plays its final exhibition game tonight against BYU-Hawaii in the Marriott Center tip-off, 9 Eastern. You can all watch it live on BYU TV and listen on BYU Radio. Dave Rose told the media yesterday that LJ Rose is expected to play tonight, as well as Davin Gwynn, despite breaking his nose, and he'll wear a protective mask, by the way. So busting a uh, Rip Hamilton there. Bill Ambeer for uh, mm-hmm. 80s NBA mm-hmm. guys. Elijah Bryant won't play tonight, but it's still an important day for the BYU guard. Coach Rose explains. Yeah, Eli's got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and that's a big day. So we'll see. Uh, sometime around noon tomorrow, we'll know what his kind of status is as far as moving forward, and, and we'll see how that goes. Elijah Bryant, a projected starter for a lot of people, finding out how his health is. We'll let you know when we hear word on that. We are three days away from game number 10 for BYU football this season against Southern Utah. Coverage begins. Countdown to kickoff to Eastern live on BYU TV. Danica Bowman, long searching ball from Michelle Vasconcelos behind the defense. Vasconcelos onside, shoots and scores! And yesterday, the West Coast Conference announced their... uh, End-of-season honors. Congratulations to that player. Michelle Murphy-Vasconcelos is your player of the year in the West Coast Conference. Very nice. The defensive player of the year, Taylor Isom. First-teamers include those two, plus Ashley Hatch and Elena Medeiros. Nadia Gomes is on the second team, and Hannah Clark's honorably mentioned. All-freshman team, Danica Bowman and Alyssa Jefferson. So remember that the WCC awards are based on conference play only. That's why Ashley Hatch doesn't win player of the year. All Her goals... Included non-conference play. She didn't play in two games. Yeah. Because she she was with Team USA. And I think she scored uh, maybe a higher percentage of goals in the non-conference games anyway. So how good is this team? The player of the year. Last year in the WCC, second team all WCC. (laughs) She was the best player last year. Yeah, pretty crazy. Vasconcelos led the conference, and again, as Jeremy mentioned, in conference – Games only in goals and assists and points. Really, really impressive. Nice to see her come back from an ACL uh, three years ago and, and have a fantastic senior season. Now, if only they could have a two seed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just and, and, beat and, UNLV. And Rockwood doesn't get even co-coach of the year, coach of the year. So, so finishing in the top five and winning the league five years in a row, that's not coach of the year? Mm, mm. I want to bite a towel like Jerry Tarkanian yes. right now. Let's rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. QB1 and QB2. I want Mangum to come in 
in the game when he can run the offense. Not in the middle of the fourth quarter when it's so far out in front that it looks bad. A former national champion BYU quarterback, Blaine Fowler, on what he hopes to see Tanner Mangum do on the field in terms of when he plays. BYU football opening a three-game homestretch to finish the 2016 regular season. This Saturday, they'll do so against another first-time opponent, Southern Utah. This game, clearly, compared to BYU's first nine, less compelling on the surface, right? FCS opponent, BYU supposed to win big, they'll get bowl eligible, that's great. But let's look beneath the surface, starting with the quarterback situation in Provo. Here is our Twitter question. What do you want to see from Tanner Mangum on Saturday? What do you want to see? Use the hashtag BYUSN at Kipkint. With only 16 quarters to LSU, how about that? I want to see Mangum start the second half, throw for 200 yards and two TDs, and play more down the stretch. Hmm. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What do you want to see from Tanner Mangum? It's Southern Utah. That factors into it. When will he play? How many snaps will he take? How many passes will he throw? What? Yeah, what play calls will there be? What All of that is intriguing. Be? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, here's, here's what I want to see. I want him to start. Wow. I want him to start the game. Because I don't, I don't think he'd come in um, in meaningful snaps unless it's a blowout or it's too late, and then it's not meaningful. Then it's not meaningful. Even if it's like 14 to nothing or 21 to nothing? Is there a meaningful snap against an FCS team not named North Dakota State? I want to ask that question. All of this in preparation for the 297 LSU, Utah, and Wisconsin, right? Apparently we're still we're not doing that. We aren't. We are doing that. Okay. Uh, wrong. Southern Utah is like a JV varsity game, okay? It won't play into the beginning of next season hardly at all, in my opinion, okay? It's all for kicks and giggles, uh, but it counts. It's FCS. His spring ball and fall ball, in my opinion, will ultimately help him more than playing against Southern Utah, UMass, and potentially Utah State because that's the team, and those are the tweaks to the offense uh, and personnel that you'll have for next year. Now, that's an interesting take. I think that, I think that there is value to the reps that he could get, but not as much value, in my opinion, as spring and fall ball. These are hand-me-down reps. They really are. Taysom wore the clothes. Now he hands them to Tanner. He'll get brand... Megan will get brand new clothes, if you will, as the starter with first-team reps all of spring and fall. The dude started against Nebraska, Boise State, Michigan, Missouri, and Utah. Yes, he needs a rep in this new offense, but the value isn't in these games to me. The value is next season. And guess who's better in practice than Southern Utah, UMass, and Utah State? Brigham's defense. See, there is some credence to that. Yes, he's playing against Division I athletes in practice. And I understand why you're placing a lower value on his projected reps on Saturday, but there's still something about playing in an actual game in front of fifty-five to 60,000 people. You cannot, no matter how hard you try in practice, simulate full-speed game reps against an actual opponent in that atmosphere. There is still meaning to these plays. So while it may be devalued, if up like forty-nine nothing, there's meaning. I didn't meaning? say forty-nine to nothing, but we don't know when he's going to play. He's right? not going to play. In my opinion, I don't think he's going to come in when it's meaningful. Who knows? We will find out. Right? Yeah. We will see. I, I I just think they've they haven't in they were Tanner Mangum could have played in the fourth quarter against Michigan State. He didn't. Tanner Mangum will take these repetitions seriously because of who he is. I want him to get some run, for one. 
Yeah. I want him to have sure. a fun playing football because of all the hard, consistent work he puts in on a day-to-day basis to go out on the field and have fun with his buddies. Like, everybody wants that for their teammate, right? That's what makes this game fun for a lot of these guys that are on the sideline. So I want him to get back out on the field and actually enjoy playing a college football game. That, and then next, he's still going to have the same center next year, T. John Karoma. And this isn't about chemistry, per se, with this year's team. This is about Tanner becoming more confident for himself. It's about Tanner Mangum. He's still got to throw the accurate ball. He's still got to know the offense, the plays. So whether the opponent is good or not, he still has to be to hold himself to a high level, right? Yeah, I'm just saying there's not as much value as everyone thinks in these reps. But you've got to start somewhere, do you not? Yeah, he started 12 games last year. But he didn't year. start in this He's, offense. He knows what it's like to play he in a game. He did not start with in this guys. offense. Yes, though. that's correct. And yay, Southern Utah, UMass, and Utah State not about the will opponent. get you ready for LSU. Not about the opponent, though. What will get you ready for LSU is you being the guy. You being the guy. First string. He knows he's the guy in next In spring year. ball. No, to get all those reps in practice in this offense. He's got to get reps in a game scenario in a new offense. You have to start somewhere. Do you want his first? He started 12 games last year. Do you want his first game speed snap in this offense to be against LSU? No. I'm just saying there's not a ton of value in the final three games here for one Tanner Mangum. I don't think we know. Only he and the coaches really know, right? How much value. Like, we we can look at it and say, like, well, yeah. It's... Yeah. It's like it's like tonight's BYU exhibition game. What's the value of tonight's game? I think ah, just getting out and running like will that really help you for Gonzaga? I think there's great value in these type nah, of games. Not really. Because when it's about the team, it's about you. When you make it about you and not the opponent, you can still get better. Right. You can but still the figure question's about out. an individual. It's about Tanner. It's not about the team. You're right. It is about Tanner, and this is an opportunity for him to get better. It is. I just think there's less value. Like, there's just not a lot of value in these, these final three. Tanner Mangum had plenty of value last year. We know the dude can play. Like, he doesn't have to go out and do jack squat for us to be like, we Tanner know Mangum's he can good. play, but there's still, he has, still hasn't taken a full speed game rep in a new offense. And Ty Detmer's got to see something, right? Wait, what does he have to see? He's what, are you, gotta, what are you implying? He's got to see what Tanner Mangum does against actual competition in the new offense. Or what? That's the, no, this is the whole point of playing him. They, they want film on him in a new offense so they can get better. It actually might be better if he doesn't play at all because then LSU doesn't know if you're oh going to go my, that direction. Oh, my goodness. Get out of <laughs> here. So he just here. goes, he just goes into the game. Here. Here's what Trevor Maddich of ESPN <laughs> said about Ty Detmer and viewing Tanner Mangum. Part of the issue is for Ty Detmer and the offensive coaches to see what he does well what he struggles with a little bit, what his strengths are that they can build on going into next season, and things that, that are very important from the standpoint of the coach's identification of a player's capabilities. So I think that's another reason why they need to throw the ball with Tanner. You can look at practice and say, like, yeah, you need to get better here and here and here, but as far as game speed reps no, goes... No, I'm with you. I'm just saying it's not as valuable as you think because it's a JV game. <laughs> That's what playing FCS teams are. It's not North. It's not the Bison, North Dakota State. It's Southern Utah. They're five and four. You just got to start somewhere. So whether it's against Absolutely. UMass or Utah State yeah, or at- Southern Utah, it doesn't matter. You just have to start somewhere. Absolutely. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, okay, if he goes in and he's not good, ah, no, we've seen him play. We know Tanner Mangum's good. It's all good. F- maybe flesh out. Uh, some stuff that like Taysom Hill didn't have a chance to get at the beginning there because he had tougher competition. 
that's where there'd be some value for Tanner Mangum. But he's not going to get a ton of quality reps, in my opinion. I think what they'll do you play want to see like from Tanner half. Mangum? What do you want to see from him on Saturday? Coming up, former BYU basketball great, now grad assistant Lee Kamard is back. His debut in Studio B. salty! Plus, BYU assistant head football coach Ed Lamb on what it's going to be like facing his former team. Emotions! BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV and our conversation has heated up on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, ball night tonight at the Marriott Center. 9 Eastern time, uh, BYU-Hawaii, the Seasiders, in their final year of athletics, uh, are in town to take on BYU. The final tune-up for the Cougars, 9 p.m. Eastern time against BYU-Hawaii. They open the season against the Princeton Tigers, yes. Monday night on, uh, what is it, ESPN2? ESPN2, I believe, yes. ESPN2. The Dose. The Dose. I thought it was the deuce. It is the deuce, but I'm just calling it the the dose. The Ocho. (laughs) (laughs) Our Twitter question today. What do you want to see from Tanner Mangum at quarterback on Saturday? We don't know how much he's going to play. We assume he will play at some point. If he doesn't play, there will be... (laughs) Provo will burn down. (laughs) What do you want to see? At JNails21 says, a win. Doesn't matter what he does, the game will be over when he gets in. That's what I think, too. Therefore, the meaningful snaps go... (laughs) <laughs> oh, we just differ. Now's not the time to continue that conversation. We're like Taysom and Tanner, if we just differ. Yes, we do. We do just differ. <laughs> In fact, uh, let's get on the winning note here and get to our stat of the day as we introduce our first guest of the show. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Lee Kamard has the second highest career field goal percentage of any BYU guard ever. 53%, which is ridiculous. That, that is so high. That trails only who, Jerem? Devin Durant. How about who that? Who is legit? NBA player. 54% Devin Durant, 53% for Lee Kamard, and Lee in Studio B making his debut. Welcome to the show, Lee. What's up, Lee? Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. How often do you get out on the floor and uh, let your 53% field goal shooting do the talking <laughs> as coaching against these players? <laughs> you know, sometimes we have a little shooting contest to see... We can't shoot for money because it's against the rules, but sometimes we shoot for push-ups, and uh, mm. I let I let my uh, shooting ability talk that way. <laughs> Do you win most of those? Uh, right now, I got a few guys on the team that owe me a few push-ups. So who who are those? TJ owes me two. Kobe <laughs> Leeson owes me t- or Leeson, sorry, owes me two, and I owe Bayo one. One at like set. So no, here's one a ro- push-up. No, here's the thing. It's a push-up that you can call for at any time. Ah, okay. aside from. In the huddle, coach is talking, or it's a pretty serious thing. Anything else, anything goes. So if <laughs> if TJ was here right now, I would say, hey, TJ, give me a push-up, and he would have to give me a push-up. That's funny. That's funny. So. I like that a lot. Um, do you weigh more or less now than when you played? <laughs> it depends. Probably less than at the beginning of the season, but more than what I usually finished up at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> when did coming back to BYU as a graduate assistant become a legitimate reality for you? Well, I've, I've I've thought about coaching a lot, and I've been talking with Coach Rose, you know, the last few years as I've been playing over there. And I we we always knew that the GA or being a grad assistant could be an option. And so I try to get involved every spring the last couple of years with places, and it's just hard. It's hard to get into the business. And uh, when that happened this year and, and nothing came my way, then we, we uh, kind of pushed forward with it and 
went through the whole application process of graduate school and did all that, and now I'm a student again. Now, that's nice, but what I really <laughs> think happened is you saw the Marriott Center Annex, a.k.a. the YMCA, and you're like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> it's time, right? <laughs> that is an unbelievable building, and the program is is pretty pretty legit right now. I mean, the, the, these guys have everything that they need to improve their game and to win championships, so it's a good time to be around. Where were you immediately before you decided to come to BYU? What was happening in your life, and what was that transition like? I was actually in Belgium playing my seventh season as a pro and uh, just going through the rigors of a season. You know, we actually finished, uh, we lost in the finals this year, and then I had already kind of applied and was accepted. And then right when I was finished, flew back, spent a few days in Arizona with family, and then came up here and was with, with the guys all summer. Are you retired then as a pro basketball player? I, I am done. I play Tuesdays and Thursday mornings now with a couple of older gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a good time. If we play in a rec league team, we're going we're gonna to give you a call, man, or an intramural team. Um, what's, what's it been like to be back at BYU and on the court in a different role? You know, it's great. Um, I didn't really know a lot of these guys, so I spent most of the summer just with the guys, getting to know them and you know, being around them and adding value any way I could. And then since the school year started, just being around the coaches as well as the players as much as I can. You have a lot of interesting personalities, but I can learn a lot from a lot from the coaches and then trying to add value any way I can to these guys going through something I went through quite a while ago. Do you coach like you wanted to be coached or do you coach uh, like a different way? Because when you're the student, you're like, man, if I was a teacher, I would do it this way. And then when you are the teacher, it's kind of different. Yeah, I, I, I kind of coach the same way I kind of coach as a, a player or a team teammate, you know, same, same approach. And when guys need to be, you know, had a talking to, then I, I, I give that to them. And, you know, if they need to be congratulated or, hey, that was a good job, then that's, how, that's, that's my approach. You got the nickname D Salty for a reason, right? <laughs> that 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 nickname goes way back, and uh, I'm not sure I'm not sure these guys remember that. So let's just keep that. Yeah, they don't know. That's we're we're like the '06. When you, you were here, we were students there too. So yeah. What's what's your biggest concern um, going into the season? As you look at this really talented team, I know, I know Dave Rose talked about. Hey, we have a real investment in defense. Is is that one of the things? No question. None of these guys were recruited as defensive players. Um, it's something. <laughs> it's something that they're gonna have to really focus on. Um, talent wise, it's probably as talented a college team as I've seen. You know, they're really talented, and offense is gonna come natural to these guys. Um, but honestly. We have a game tonight, but after that, I've been watching a lot of film on Princeton, and they're going to be tough. It's going to be – that's my biggest concern right now is that first game. It's Princeton. There you go. Yeah. They'll present a huge challenge. And, and they're we're better hearing, than people think. Yeah, we're hearing from a lot of analysts, including Ken Pomeroy, that, that that might be BYU's toughest and most valuable non-conference game all year. You open up with that. Yeah, we, we are young, and they are experienced. They went to Italy and got that experience prior to this season, so they have that going for them. And they're picked to win the Ivy League, and they, they are good. They run good stuff, and it's unique stuff. The Princeton offense is unique, and we're young, so it's, it's a little scary. What um, do you see in practice that makes you excited about this season? Uh, just kind of how the guys 
fit together. They like being around each other. The other thing, too, is they, they are coachable. They want to be coached. They want to know how they can get better. I know countless times TJ comes over during practice and asks me, hey, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? And you're what like, you? give me a push-up. <laughs> I could if I wanted to. That's fair game. But, no, they, they just want to get better, you know. So it's, it's, uh, it's good. How many games do you give this BYU team to gel? I know that's you can throw that verb around how you want it, but how many games will it take, do you, do you think, before this team is like, okay, they're, they're doing what I expect them to do? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. The, uh, I think in the preseason, in our practices, it's taken a few weeks to gel, and I think right now they're, they're playing really well offensively and defensively they've bought in defensively to coach Lewis's stuff and so I would a few I would think a few few games but these guys want to be good you know they they don't they don't want to make excuses and say hey we're young and you know give us that game for because we're young they they want to win and win now Lee what uh what does the team want to see tonight in the final tune-up before the regular season uh I think the coaches are just looking forward can they execute kind of the stuff that we've put in. You know, we, we've gone over some of BYU-Hawaii sets, and um, they've run a few unique sets and, and how we guard that, and then just our focus offensively. Um, we haven't put in too many sets offensively. And Nor do you want to reveal that this game. No, right? no, no, yeah. yeah, we, yeah. we probably won't run too much stuff, uh, too many sets, but just how focused they are and how they execute those sets. We're excited to have your autograph on our Stretch Wife flag. We've been waiting a long time for this, Lee. Yeah, it's November. You've been here a few months. Our bad. (laughs) We should have had you in earlier. So if you wouldn't mind giving us uh, your autograph, and uh, good luck tonight. It's great to have you back, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I just want to say, Tavinari can't shoot with me. (laughs) I know he'll be listening. I know he'll be listening. Oh, we'll tag him. We will clip this off, tag him in, and send it out. I can shoot with you. I can shoot with you. There you you go. (laughs) Thanks, Lee. (laughs) What do you want to see from Tanner Mangum, the quarterback for BYU football on Saturday at J underscore Royal 09 says, I want him to complete over 50% of his attempts. 50? How about 60? What's about to happen to Spuddy Buddy? We decide that next and assistant football coach Ed Lamb. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Hey, coming up uh, Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, Countdown to Kickoff is live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Spencer Linton, Brian Logan, David Nixon on the set, up in the booth, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler on the field. Lauren Frank will get you set with our hour long live pregame show. Watch the Cougars warm up Saturday at 2 Eastern. BYU men's basketball playing their final exhibition game tonight against BYU-Hawaii. The Seasiders visiting the Marriott Center. Tip-off 9 Eastern on BYU TV. You can also listen live on BYU Radio. Dave Rose told the media yesterday that LJ Rose is expected to play tonight. Davin Gwynn broke his nose and is wearing a protective mask on the floor. And Elijah Bryant not expected to play tonight. They hope to get him back uh, Monday for the Princeton game. He's had a, a knee injury. So hopefully they get him back um, he hasn't played at all, and for his first game to be the season opener, poof! That's quite the event. He's got a doctor's appointment today. He will find out uh, some things in an hour and a half. We will let you know when we hear word on uh, Elijah Bryant's status. We are three days away from game number 10 of a very entertaining BYU football season. This week against FCS Southern Utah coverage, as Jaron mentioned, starts with Countdown to Kickoff 2 Eastern on BYU TV. ESPN's Trevor Maddich had some thoughts on what he wants to see and what he hopes 
that BYU will be able to do and set up with Southern Utah before the game? Both the head coaches should meet at the middle of the field before the game. And, and Coach Sataki should say to the Southern Utah coach, this is not personal, but we need to get Tanner Mangum some reps. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to keep throwing the ball. All right. That, that, that plays that into nice. our Twitter question today. What do you want to see from Tanner Mangum on Saturday? I want, I want to see uh, deep chucks. That's what I want to see. And uh, several women's soccer players received uh, West Coast Conference honors yesterday. Michelle Vasconcelos, player of the year. Awesome. Taylor Isom, defense player of the year. Ashley Hatch, Elena Medeiros joined Vasconcelos and Isom on the all-WCC first team. Nadia Gomsch is on the second team. Hannah Clark is honorably mentioned. Uh, who is dishonorably mentioned? They never mentioned those people. <laughs> and Danica Bowman and Alyssa Jefferson were on the freshman team. Congrats. Hannah Clark, the grim keeper. The grim keeper. That's a, that's a good one. Outstanding. BYU Not outscored the, what their... It? What's that? What was, the, what was the terrible nickname? The Neon Blob or whatever. <laughs> she said on film she looks like a Neon Blob. <laughs> the Neon Blob is an honorable mention. All conference. Uh, the Grim Keeper. Wait. Hey, by the way, the fate of Spuddy Buddy, thanks to Proposition 2, hangs in the balance. <laughs> Find out where our Baked Buddy will end up. Baked Buddy. <laughs> because BYU Sports Nation, all of you, by majority... Voted to deport the little guy from his elite status on the desk. I want to put him on the beach with that iguana and those snakes. <laughs> That's where I want him to go. We will discuss that after we hear from BYU assistant head coach Ed Lamb, who, by the way, is facing his former team. That was his family for years. He recruited all of these guys, established the staff, now he's in year one at BYU. What is that like, among other things, as BYU prepares for Southern Utah? Two-on-one with the assistant head coach, Ed Lamb. Coach, this is an interesting week for you because of your recent transition to BYU. You used to be the coach down at Southern Utah. What's this week like for you preparing emotionally? Oh, yeah, the, the old uh, emotion question. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I have to take it out of it. Like, you know, very honest answer. It, it is or would ha- there, the potential would be there for it to be emotional. Those guys down there are my family. I consider them my family for the rest of my life, the players and the coaches. But, uh, you know, from a, from a business standpoint and really uh, even down there for the last eight years, my whole objective was to help them be as good as they could be and to work as hard as I could do to do that. And now, and now I have a new team that I'm associated with, and it, my 100% of my object, objective is to help BYU be as good as it can be. And so there's no, there's no conflict, there's no emotion, there's no anything like that. After the game, you know, I hope that both sides are in the mood to, to talk and catch up, and, and I'll wish them well, and hopefully they'll do the same. How do you uh, separate that? Because you seem to be an incredible asset this week in terms of scouting the other opponent, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's just, yeah, this is, this is the school and the team that I work for, so I, I give as much information as I, I possibly can. And you know, I have a high level of respect for the players down there, so it's, it's not as if I'm you know, walking around saying, hey, this, this dude's a turkey and you can get, him, you can get a personal foul on him. That's, <laughs> that's not what kind of guys they are. I'm talking right. about their strengths and I'm yeah. talking about their abilities and what we have to do to, to counteract that. Through nine games this season, where is the state of BYU football right now in relation to where you want it to be? Um, well, I think for the for the remainder of any season, you, you own the, the wins and the losses. And there have been some disappointing losses that we felt like we could have won. So I think the, the state of the program is, you know, cautiously optimistic about the next game. And, uh, 
and, and trying to keep our focus really on that and realizing that if we don't play as well as we can, there's a feeling of disappointment, win or lose. So the idea is to play as well as we can. What would this week be like for uh, a couple of guys you brought up uh, with you, Kean Norman and Andrew Idy, who they have to play against their old teammates there? Well, so I know SUU's mindset, and, and we won several games against FBS schools over down three three games, uh, UNLV, South Alabama, and, and Texas San Antonio. So that they're used, every player on that team has been a part of at least one of those victories. They're not coming in here like some of the FCS teams will kind of hope that the team overlooks them. Their total mindset, and this is what we've talked about for years down there, is that we want the very best that BYU or, or any opponent would have to offer and see how close we can make it. I mean, maybe we can win or maybe we keep it within 10 or maybe we're 60 points shy of that goal, but we want their best. And so they'll come in here looking for the best for, that Andrew has to offer and the best that Kean has to offer. It'll be very personal, and that'll be uh, for those guys lined up across from them, it'll, it'll be a, a high level of motivation. What kind of football do you expect them to play? Is it more ground and pound, or do you expect some trickeration? What What do you anticipate from Southern Utah? They're actually their their offense is perfectly balanced on the year. Uh, they're they're forty four percent screen, forty four percent or forty four percent run, forty four percent pass, and then the rest is screen and draw type games. So they 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 really um, have made a conscientious decision to be balanced. They have really good receivers, really good running backs. I think they'll test us in every way that they can and go with what's working. How would you evaluate the special teams play so far this season? Uh, effort levels really high. I think I think you know to get more dynamic in the punt return game, the kickoff return game is really a goal for us closing out the season, and, and we've worked really hard in that area. Um, you know, I think our our kick placements on kickoff can improve. I think it, you know whatever. I think right now, as far as statistics and rankings you know that the coverage teams are doing really well but i think we're, we haven't reached our full potential yet so i'm challenging the guys to get even better how many players do you want to see the field on saturday i mean is this a scenario where you're like i'd like to get everybody that's dressed on the field that that's true but it's true every saturday you know i mean who would have thought maybe at the beginning of the season that we would have played our most the most players at michigan state but that happened to be how it worked out mm-hmm. one of the challenges of having so many close games is some of our young players who we feel really have a bright future haven't had an opportunity to just come in and, and get their feet wet with the game you know not necessarily on the line and so if that happens this week it's it's the goal but it's the goal every week and and that's no disrespect to southern utah What's it like to have three straight home games to end the regular season? That's that's just kind of unique that way. Yeah, yeah, it's good. I mean, it shows you. I mean, I, I think we play an unbalanced schedule anyway. I think we play one more on the road, or at least one more neutral game than we have at home. And so to finish with three at home tells you how slanted our our schedule's been on the road uh, so far this season. So. It's great. It gives I think it gives everybody a chance to spend a little more time in the classroom academically. It gives our coaches a chance to spend a little more time at home. And I think we're all looking forward to really just finishing as strong as we can, you know, taking it week by week, of course. How much does the storyline of becoming bowl eligible factor into what you look at this week in terms of what you want to accomplish this is the only week that we should be talking about that really because it's the sixth win and and we should you know i hate to speak in cliches but some sometimes cliches are that way for a reason and it's you have to take it week by week we have to take it week by week and this week you have some there's an opportunity to get bowl eligible all right ed thanks for the time no more emotional questions cyborg I'm glad you brought up the cyborg, Ed Lamb. He's going to be in the Justice League, uh, I believe, next year. Two-on-one from BYU football practice, facing his old team on Saturday. That would be weird. 
Well, he said, I've got to detach. I just, I have to detach. And How hopefully after the game, we're like yeah. chummy and we can talk. But during the moment, it's like, nope, no emotion. And what's weird is Ed Lamb set this game up with BYU, with his athletic director. And he's, now he's, he's coaching for BYU. He's the one that set it up. Yeah. Yeah. And now he's having to go against these guys. I'm sure that decision was hard. Um, but it, yeah, eight years. And as uh, Ed mentioned, SUU's beaten D1 opponents. Three of them he not, referenced not, specifically. Not a team like BYU on the road per se, so I, I don't think it's used a threat in this game, but they hung with Utah enough to just have it a 24-point game. In the, in the third quarter when SUU's marching, and it's like 17 nothing. There's a little bit of uh, nervous there, but that was game one. Yeah, it was getting weird at Rice-Eccles. It always is weird at Rice-Eccles, let's be honest. <sighs> Touche. We <laughs> have waited long enough. Yeah. Relegation. We have decided on the fate of one Spuddy Buddy. He's being moved from the desk in Studio B, and Jerem Jordan has now unplugged and is going to pick up I, Spuddy Buddy. I was thinking about getting, like, gloves to do this. He has but... now picked up the poor Spud and is walking him whoa, back whoa. to his new location. Whoa. Be okay. careful, Jerem. You could injure yourself greatly in this set. BYU Volleyball Coach Sean Olmstead is here to pay his respects to Spuddy Buddy as well. He's been placed on the neon shoes who were worn by who, Jerem? Josue Rivera. Rivera of BYU Men's Volleyball. <laughs> yeah, get your, get your top button gun. There, there are tap taps playing right now for Spuddy Buddy. <laughs> Look at that dynamic duo in the Marriott Center seat. Sean Olmstead and Jerem Jordan. Coming up, no mention of BOA men's basketball and CBS Sports preseason bracketology. What? And we're unveiling the men's volleyball schedule next. Sean Olmstead, come up to the Rami Umptum, my friend. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out live in Studio B. If you happen to miss an episode of this show live, then watch the rebroadcast. Just do it! Weeknights, BYU TV, 6 p.m. Eastern. If you missed uh, one of the best hours of BYU football on television, it was last night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It's coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern. That's right after our show in uh, 15 minutes. Also, we'll be live on Facebook Live at 1.10 Eastern time with post-practice interviews and our recap from the practice field. We'll uh, record another two-on-one that we hope to get into the show Uh Coming up tomorrow. So another compelling week of BYU Sports. What do you, you, want to see <laughs> from Tanner Mangum cut, cut, cut. on Saturday in the game against Southern Utah? That is our Twitter question today, at Jared Hassler. I want his first drive to start at the 10-yard line and for him to drive the ball 90 yards in 10 plays for a touchdown. That would be awesome. He's not asking much, right? Yep, nope. Keep, just keep the uh, standard low. National Championship. 84, relive it. We need to raise the standard right now. We're, <laughs> we're joined now by one of our good friends, a man who has trusted us to be the curators for the 2016 MPSF Championship Trophy, Sean Olmstead. Thanks for letting us hang on to this for hey, a while. Like you a know, I did, there it is. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 true story, you know, the, the trophy from the uh, runner-up at Ohio State, I had no idea where it was, and a week ago, I'm upstairs on the third floor, <laughs> and Tom Homo saw me, and he's like, hey, Sean, come in here. And, you know, walk over there, and he's like, 
hey, uh, do you finally want to take this trophy downstairs? It was in his corner on his desk. And, oh, there it is. Uh, sure. Uh, we'll take it downstairs. So wow. it's uh, now made its way downstairs, but it's nice to know. Is that a beanie and all? So yeah. well, getting ready for the a, winter? It's a golf. golf oh, it's a golf. Cover. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, okay. It's, but ready, you can it's winter use it. ready. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> for the season. For the season. Yeah. And we're excited that uh, you're in studio to release the schedule. So yeah. let, let's go through that schedule and we'll talk about it. Yeah. Cool. 11 road games, 15 home games. So uh, let's start with the non-conference. Excuse me, the non-federation. Federation. Federation. Okay, before we get into the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation schedule, uh, (laughs) as we take a look at this, uh, Sean, you open up uh, at Lewis, at Loyola, tough road trip in Chicago. McKendry got Concordia, Irvine as well. McKendry again. And then a Tuesday matchup with Princeton. What do you think about the first six? Yeah, I mean. In March. It's a it's a fantastic schedule. We're really really excited about it. Uh, kicking off at uh, Lewis and Loyola are going to be tough opponents in Chicago. Uh, great programs. We had a chance to play against Lewis this past weekend in uh, Las Vegas, and so that was good for our guys. And um, he's a great friend to our program, so he'll be coming out uh, to Provo next year, or I guess a year and a half down the road. And then uh, we're, we're at home. We open at home. We have a little uh, unique situation. We've got McKendry coming in early, and uh, they're going to play us on a Thursday. Then we've got Concordia Irvine, who's actually joining the MPSF. So that'll be good for us uh, to get those guys, uh, get our team acclimated to a new team uh, in the MPSF. And then Princeton is a little unique situation. We went out there last year. Um, they're coming out. They've got this spring break. And so we had to fit it in. It's not something we see very often, but uh, it, it was an opportunity for them to return the trip. And we wanted to, you know, make it a little more accommodating to them while they're out here on the, I think they're on a West Coast swing. And so, you know, it's going to be a Tuesday night matchup. Like I said, it's not uh, what our BYU fans are used to, volleyball, men's volleyball. But uh, it's a good opportunity for those guys, that school, to come out here, experience BYU. And, uh, you know, it's uh, Dave Rose. I think they're opening up with those guys. That's so right. yeah. so Princeton's going to get a, a lot of BYU here in the next few months. Nobody does spring break like Provo, Utah. Princeton's going to find that out what, in March. What is a well, spring break? I don't think we have spring <laughs> break. So it's definitely not our spring break. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they'll, they'll get to experience uh, some nice weather. I'm sure at that time. Oh yeah, and uh, but they're used to it out there in Princeton. Uh, beautiful campus. We had a great time out there. Really historical campus. Uh, beautiful place. So that's the start of it. Okay, and the uh, Mountain Pacific Sports Federation schedule uh, looks like this. This is the final year of the 12-team MPSF, as you mentioned. Concordia, Irvine, Grand Canyon will join next year, meaning 2018. Uh, so CSUN on the 19th and 20th. Uh, San Diego in town, UCLA for a pair. That's awesome. One match against USC, two against Irvine, uh, two at Stanford, um, Cal Baptist for a single match at Pepperdine for a pair, uh, Hawaii, Long Beach State at home, UC Santa Barbara for a pair. So I really like that uh, you have UCLA, Long Beach State, the two teams, other teams from the conference that made the tourney. This is their time to be in Provo. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's a great opportunity. You know, it's a... It's a great schedule, and it's the uh, as you mentioned, it's the last federation schedule we could say, or the, the <laughs> Mountain Pacific uh, Sports Federation. It'll still be around, but it's going to look a little different next year. So uh, there, there's a wonderful opportunity, a wonderful home slate for our fans. I mean, like you said, I look at it, and it's always oh man, just 
unbelievable you programs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, you know, I stayed up last night for the elections later than I should have, and now that I see this, I may lose some sleep tonight again. <laughs> no. But it's uh, you look at that, and uh, you spelled Stanford there wrong. Stanford. Uh, Stanford. It's a different team. I don't Stand know. Stand by them. Yeah. Stand, yeah, it's two free right down it's the like road. It's like Stanford. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, just you look at that and you go, man, what outstanding programs, tradition, teams that were just last year in the final, you know, the in the tournament in the final four, and uh, so it's sizing up to be an outstanding opportunity for our guys, for our team, and just for the fans. BYU men's volleyball, we have the best fans around, hands down. And so it's an exciting home slate for sure. 11 road games, 15 home matches. As we've mentioned, we're with Sean Olmstead, the head volleyball coach of BYU, breaking down and releasing the 2017 schedule. I know that you generally want to have an opportunity to get in, in the venue where the Final Four is played. It's going to be at Ohio State this year. Um, that didn't materialize. What happened there? You know, we tried to actually match up with uh, – there was an opportunity for us to play them all, also on another uh, opportunity, and it just didn't work out. We were going to go uh, – we were talking with a, a team that was hosting sort of a tournament format, and we would have matched up with those guys. So we really, really wanted to, and maybe um, – with me being a newer head coach, when you know you're going to host the Final Four, there's teams that are kind of knocking at your door to get in that venue. And I would imagine from the feedback I did get and uh, talking uh, to some people that it was it was kind of booked up out, you know, years a time. while ago, you know. And so we can do better, um, <laughs> you know, as we learn of the new locations and doing our best to it'd be nice to get on site, get in there. But, uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a great opportunity for us to, you know, if we can do the right things and play the right level, get out there and uh, get to play in that venue. There's about a minute left. Uh, you played in Vegas. You're going back to Vegas. Yeah, we're going um, back to Vegas. Yeah, so you, you played uh, some matches against Long Beach State and Lewis and, and uh, semi-pro team named Blizzard. You're playing Pepperdine this weekend. What are you seeing from this team that returns a lot of guys from last year? Yeah, no, I'm seeing a... Just a great group that's uh, really coming together as a team, uh, figuring out a few things. You know, we lost, a, although we didn't lose a, a handful of guys that were on the court playing the entire time, we lost just a great group of, you know, leaderships and, and a big part of our team. So we're trying to, the guys are kind of fitting into their roles and feeling out uh, this new team and this new group. And so it's exciting to watch these guys progress. And it's exciting to watch uh, them learn every day and kind of figure out their new roles uh, as it relates to the team and trying to figure out how we as a staff can, you know, support them the best and push them and and help them uh, reach their goals. If you're in Vegas uh, this weekend, you can watch the Cougars play Pepperdine uh, at the West Career and Technical Academy in Vegas, 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. Pacific time. So check out the Cougars. Yeah. Can't wait to see uh, the new team shoes and your shoe collection on display, Sean. Always. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs> Love it. You got it, man. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, the Cougar Whip Around, including a long list of BYU women's soccer players earning West Coast Conference honors. It's a game day in the Marriott Center. Oh, yeah, baby. And what do you want to see from Tanner Mangum on Saturday? Touchdowns. Oh. <laughs> 
BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. Okay. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. Cougars play their final exhibition game tonight against BYU Hawaii in the Marriott Center. Tip off at 9 Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. There's a good looking dude on the court tonight. Dave Rose told the media yesterday that LJ Rose is expected to play tonight. Davin Gwynn broke his nose, but he's going to play wearing a protective mask. Hashtag Bill Lane Beer. <laughs> Elijah Bryant not expected to play tonight. He'll find out if he can go against Princeton in a little over an hour. And CBS Sports' Jerry Palm still doesn't like the Cougars. He produced his preseason bracketology. No sign of BYU. Just a bunch of tumbleweeds. Cougars' season opening opponent, Princeton, is number 51. Football. We are three days away from game number 10 this week against Southern Utah coverage. You know where to go. Countdown to kickoff live on BYU TV starting at 2 p.m. Eastern. Soccer. Several women's soccer players received WCC honors yesterday. Michelle Vasconcelos is the player of the year. Awesome. Congrats. Taylor Isom, defensive player of the year. Ashley Hatch and Elena Medeiros joined Vasconcelos and Isom on the first team. Nadia Gomes is on the second team. And Hannah Clark is honorable mention. Uh, And the freshman team, uh, Danica Bowman and Alyssa Jefferson made it. Really? Volleyball. The grim keeper couldn't get more than an honorable mention. It's so honorable, Spencer. Use it as a chip on your shoulder, Hannah. The men's volleyball team just announced its schedule this season starting January 6th at Lewis. The Cougars play 11 road matches and 15 home matches ending April 7th at UC Santa Barbara. Highlights include hosting a pair with the Anteaters of UC Irvine, UCLA, and Long Beach State all in the Smith Fieldhouse. Coming up later this week, Steve Cleveland back in the house, back from a mission and back to uh, wreak havoc. Southern Utah football coach Demario Warren will join us as well. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help. When you need it most, DexterLaw.com. WCC Player of the Year, Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos. Congratulations. Well deserved. Led the West Coast Conference in goals, assists, and points. Well done, Michelle. Our Twitter question today, what do you want to see from Tanner Mangum on Saturday? Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. At JoshMel313 says, I want to see all the second and third string guys play all of the second half. This is BYU's preseason for next season. Good point. Our elite tweet of the day from at that Wiley guy 91 I would love to see Tanner Mangum play at all and shave his newly grown mustache. Yeah, he does have a mustache. Hashtag please shave November. <laughs> Thanks to Lee Kamar, Headlamp, Sean Olmstead, and everyone on our crew. There are a few guys growing some serious caterpillars. Woo! Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Larry Echo Hawk. We're back to work tomorrow. And don't forget, BYU Hoops tonight and a replay of After Further Review next.